0: Jones, and uh, and it's a wonderful place to be. So I'm grateful for this church. I'm grateful for the Mountain Lakes District, and I'm I'm grateful for the privilege of of getting to share with you today. Uh, Inside the folder of your bulletin is the scripture that I'm going to be using, if you want to follow along there, or if you have um, uh, your Bible with you. Psalm 130. Out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord, Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my supplications. If you, O Lord, should mark iniquities, Lord, who could stand? But there's forgiveness with you, so that you may be revered. I wait for the Lord. My soul waits, and in his word I hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than those who watch for the morning, more than those who watch. Who watch for the morning. O Israel, hope in the Lord. For with the Lord there is steadfast love, and with him is great power to redeem. It is he who will redeem Israel from all its iniquities. Word of the Lord for the people of the Lord. Thanks be to God. There are some things that I just don't know for sure. I'll just give you an example. I'm a big baseball fan. And um, so back in April, when baseball started up, uh, I didn't know for sure that the Braves were going to make it to the playoffs this year. I was hoping, but I didn't know for sure. And this is college football season, and I've got my favorite. Uh, I'm not going to promote them or anything, but my tie is kind of Auburn orange. Uh, (laughs) They're doing great, and I don't want to say anything. I kind of don't want to jinx it this year, but I don't know if they're going to be around when it gets to be national championship. I don't know that, but there are some things that I do know for sure. And I want to share some things that I do know for sure with you this afternoon. One thing I know for sure is that if you you take your mother's scissors and you cut the cat's whiskers off, she will not be happy, the cat or your mother. (laughs) I do know that for sure. I tried that when I was a little boy. Here's something else I know for sure. If you take a whole can of gasoline and a little book of matches to burn a pile of brush, you're going to come away with singed eyebrows or worse. (laughs) So, kids, don't try either of those two at home. And another thing that I know for sure is that you either are right now, or you have been, or you will be in what the psalmist calls the depths. Okay? The depths. Doesn't matter who you are this is part of the human condition, sometimes sometimes we're just in trouble. Now we can call it suffering, we can call it whatever we want to call it, but Psalm 130 uh, gives voice to this reality that we're all there sometimes. So do you believe that? Do you, do you believe that just being in the depths is sometimes part of life? Um, can I get a witness? Does anybody here this afternoon? All right. So if we really believe that, then there's a couple of, of myths that we just need to blow up. Okay, one of them is this. Myth number one. This is the myth that if you really are a person of faith that you won't ever have any troubles and you won't see the deaths. That's a myth, y'all. That, that's, that's an ancient Hebrew word called baloney. Okay? <laughs> and the psalmist is obviously a person of deep faith And he cries out to God. He says, out of the depths I cry to you. Out of the depths I cry. Listen to my prayer, O Lord. I like the way the message, that version of the Bible puts it. It says, help God. The bottom has fallen out of my life. Master, hear my cry for help. Listen hard. Open your ears. Listen to my cries for mercy. So that's myth number one. Here's myth number two. Myth number two is that if you are in the depths, the best thing for you to do is just to cover it up and put on a happy face. There's another ancient Hebrew word for that, hogwash, okay? Now, now don't get me wrong. We we don't celebrate our suffering. We don't don't wear our suffering uh, like a badge of honor. And and we're not somehow more, uh, more spiritual just because we have deep suffering. We don't celebrate the depths. What we do is we confront the depths. All right. We cry out. We cry out. And who are we going to cry out to? Who do we cry out to, church? We cry out to God. Now, look, I know it's good to talk to your friends. I know it's good to talk to your spouse, your parents. But from the depths. Neighbors are grand. I love them, everyone. We get along in sweet accord. But when my soul needs manna from above, where do I go but to the Lord? You got it. And here's why. Here's why. Because of the nature and the character of God. That's why we cry out to God. Because God is a God, according to Psalm 130, God's a God who forgives. God's a God who yeah. redeems. God is a God who is full of loving kindness, steadfast love. In verses 3 and 4, the psalmist said. Lord, if you mark iniquities, then who could stand? If you mark them, if you mark them—that's that's a great word in the Bible. It means to keep watch over it. You mark it. It shows up again when you talk about the watchers or the watchmen on the wall. It, it means to keep watch over. It happens in the Bible all seven four hundred seventy times in the Old Testament uh, about keeping watch, keeping watch. So. The reason we cry out to God is because God keeps watch over us, not over our iniquities. You know, God isn't sitting there with a clipboard saying, "Mm, mm, mm. There he goes again. He's down in the depths again. You know, God keeps us. So with the Lord, in verse 4 it says there's forgiveness. In verse 7, with the Lord there's steadfast love. With the Lord there's abundant power to redeem that's who God is, and that's why we cry out to God. I don't know a lot of things, but I know that you are either right now, or you have been, or you will be in the depths. Trouble in life is not optional. What's optional is how we go through it, right? How we go through There will be no shortage of people when you're in the depths that want to give you some advice. And some of them might try to feed you some of that baloney and some of that hogwash. But what we really need, what we really need when we're in the depths is hope. It's hope. Listen again to verse 5. I wait for the Lord. My soul waits. And in his word, I do hope. Here's what we do when we're in the depths. One, we cry out to God because of who God is. Because if God were not who God is, then we wouldn't have a leg to stand on, would we? And then the next thing we do, and I'll just tell you up front, I don't like this. The next thing we do is we wait for the Lord. We wait for the Lord. Let me read this again from the message. I pray to God and wait for what He'll say and do. I pray to God and I wait for what He'll say and do. It's not easy to wait, is it? I used to work with a guy that was a, a steering wheel tapper. You know, he was always in a hurry, and if you were riding in the car with him and you just got stopped at a red light, and he, he tapped the steering wheel nervously as if he, he thought that was going to make the light turn green. And I admit to you, I have days like that when I'm a steering wheel tapper, you know, but waiting. You know, we want instant, but God wants to grow disciples. And instant and growing disciples don't go together. And and you say, well, you mean all I can do is wait? I don't know how many times I've said that. All I can do is wait? Well, no. We don't just wait. Psalm 130 says we wait and we watch. We're watchmen, or watchwomen. You know, in the Old Testament times, the, the cities had walls around them, and They had they had watchers up on the walls, and you know the day shift wasn't all that bad, Um, because you could see the enemy coming from a long way off, and you could sound the alarm. But the night shift, the night shift, you you couldn't see as far. The gates of the city were closed up, but you were vulnerable to attack, and you get sleepy. You get like a Sunday afternoon. You get sleepy, right? But you had to keep watch. Life and death depended on keeping watch. So you waited. And you waited and you looked for the dawn. Is the dawn gonna come? Is it gonna come? Yes, 100% of the time, the dawn is gonna come. But you still have to wait. And you still have to watch. Have you ever had to keep the night watch? I remember um, when I was a youth director, taking a youth group camping, uh, tent camping. You don't do this. It's, it's not easy. Uh, Being the one in charge when you got a bunch of youth in your tent camping, right? Um, So we had all the the boys' tents over here, and all the girls' tents over here, and uh, I sat in a camp chair in between the two sets of tents, and I kept the night watch. And I watched, and and the reason I had the night watch, well, multiple reasons. One, I, I was the youth director, and I came with the territory, right? Uh, the other is, I don't sleep well on the ground. I, I just don't. Third reason, three words, junior high boys. Reason number four, love was in the air, if you know what I'm saying. So I waited, and I watched, and I prayed for the dawn. Prayed for the dawn. And when you're waiting and watching, sometimes it doesn't feel like you're doing anything. You know sometimes it doesn't feel like you're being productive and that's kind of the point because we don't produce God. We don't twist God's arm. We wait for what He'll say and do. So as with everything else, Jesus gives the example of how to wait and how to watch. Matthew 26, Jesus takes Peter, James, and John deep into the, the Garden of Gethsemane And he says, my soul is deeply grieved to the point of death. Sounds a little bit like in the depths. And he says, keep watch with me. And then he went and fell on his face and he cried, my father, if it's possible, let this cup pass for me. Yet not as I will, but as you will. He came back and he found Peter, James, and John sleeping. He said, y'all couldn't keep watch for just an hour? Two more times Jesus did this. Jesus knew how to wait and how to watch and how to pray. And I'll confess to you this afternoon, this is difficult for me. I, I Praying, yeah, but waiting and watching is hard. One final thing that I know for sure. God often asks us to do something difficult because he loves us and he wants us to grow. So you might feel like you're in the depths right now. You might feel like right now the bottom has dropped out of your life. I don't know, but I do know this. Here's what you do. Like Psalm 130 says, you cry out to God and then you wait and then you watch for what God says and what God does. You might be in a good place right now. I don't know, You might things might be going great with you. And if they are, then take Psalm 130 and file it in your spirit for the day when the bottom drops out. Or go, better yet, go find a friend who is struggling and don't give them baloney and don't give them hogwash. Wait and watch with them. Wait and watch with them. God is still God in the sunshine and in the shadows. God is still God. And that much I know for sure. Let's pray. Dear Lord, I know that you love us and I know that you love us enough to ask us to do difficult things. So Lord, I I pray for those who are crying out to you right now. I pray for those uh, pastors who are connected to us that are in North Katanga that are crying out to you. I pray for every heart here who feels like the bottom's dropped out. But we cry out to you because you're good, good father. And we wait. And we watch. And we affirm that you're still God. In Jesus' name, amen. Our closing hymn, I ask you to stand as you're able. We're going to sing number 545, The Church's One Foundation.